Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Welcome, everybody, to Menlo Midweek. It's Mark and Jess. That's me. Hi, Jess. I didn't know if I was going to say my name or if you were going to. And Adam. Adam. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is our studio audience noise. Oh, yeah. We started this one last week. I mean, the studio audience. I mean, the live studio audience that is like obviously here with us. Right. Yep. So professional here. Welcome back. Thanks. You were on a sabbatical. Yeah. Five, five weeks. weeks. Yeah. Uh, what was the low point of your sabbatical? <laughs> I feel like everyone probably oh asks goodness. you what the best part was. I'm going to go the other way. Uh, low, yeah, low point. Well, there's similar places I went didn't have really good cell signal, so mm. I wasn't able to listen to the Menlo Midweek podcast. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your life yeah, was Yeah, it was ruined. like, what did I do? Tragic. What do I do now? Yeah, it's it brutal. But now we're here, and I'm back. Baby. You did it. Nice. Okay, now I guess you can yeah. share your highlight. Highlight. There's too many, but I will say in Hawaii, Lori and I went to this waterfall that is pretty popular, but nobody else was there. So we oh. had 15 minutes at least where we're just diving underneath this massive oh waterfall all by ourselves. And that would be one of those memories I keep forever. I just keep yeah. thinking about that. Just, just you know, how the, it's like ice cold water, but it just makes you yeah. feel like so refreshed. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who are new to Menlo Church or the Menlo Midweek podcast, Lori is Adam's wife. Oh, if you yes. Didn't catch that. That's <laughs> they right. They went to Maui together. Yep. Yeah, we'll have her on next time. She really <laughs> oh, she loves, love yeah, uh, to be in front of people and mm-hmm. uh, and talking. publicly speaking. That's we can what record she really that one. We really could use loves. video too. We could just yeah, I think yeah, she would want the video. If we could do it live yeah. on stage, ooh, that'd be even better. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Adam, you closed out our Being Human series. Mm-hmm. Man. How was it for you? That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny question. Uh, yeah, it's man, It's it was a great series. I made a joke about this, but uh, it was one of my favorite series. And it's not just because I preached three times in <laughs> yeah. it and helped create it because that would be petty and i'm not that kind of person no no no, no. petty um, yeah petty. <laughs> add it to the list uh yes i very much this is my kind of series uh, but it's cool to close it up and think back to i was just thinking about to even starting it like eight weeks ago it was a yeah. long one mm-hmm. uh but i've learned a lot and i watched all the other sermons on my sabbatical and really enjoyed those as well so it was great to finish up, and it was sort of funny to finish up, though, with the low point of yeah. David's life, right. uh, which we have alluded to from the beginning. We all talked about it even in our podcast, that that's the thing with David. And I talked to several congregants yesterday after the service mm-hmm. of, uh, that's sort of the cool part of studying David's life is it's a reminder that uh, that's sort of the reality we're all in. We have failures and brokenness and a lot of mess. And so, yeah, we ended on a low note. <laughs> but it was low and then high. About sin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, privately in confidence between the three of us, Adam has told me that he's never sinned before. Oh, so I was true. very curious as why you chose to start with that. What sparked that idea? Yep. Did you have to do a lot of research to figure out what that totally. was? Yeah. If you guys have ever seen like a TV show or movie where Alien comes 
to visit the humans. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really hard for them, so they try to enter in right. and understand. And that was sort of me. It's like, what is this <laughs> thing that you all deal with? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I really, you know, you, bless your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag petty pastor. Yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead and give us just kind of a summary of okay. uh, your message? Yeah. Yes. The <laughs> keyword I kept coming back to is cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a fun one to keep circling back to because a lot of us grew up in the church and we know the story of David and Bathsheba. It's just sort of in our lexicon. Mm. But if you look at it for the first time as an adult, it's so cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, You forget those kind of things are in the Bible. And so we talked about how it was sexual abuse. It was Mm -hmm. not an affair. Like, uh, at least me growing up, it was sort of insinuated a little bit of just like, oh, this was sort of a thing they both did. And and we look at it clearly. It's like, oh, nope, this is what we see in the world today. This is the powerful abusing the powerless, misogyny, sexual abuse. So uh, we talked about uh, the cringeworthy uh, things happen though in life. That's part of life. Hopefully not that bad with all of us, but that's part of being human. And so we ended with, uh, failure is part of being a human being, but mm-hmm. how you respond to the reality sort of changes everything. And so even in the midst of the horrific thing he did and then, you know, murders her husband, no big deal. Even in that, we see this redemption and this repentance where he gets confronted with cringeworthy reality and he, he sees it for what it is. And he opens himself up and he says, have mercy on me, oh God. Mm. And that doesn't excuse anything, of course, and it doesn't make it uh, all better or even mean that his life was great from that point on, but it put him on a path of openness to God and repentance. That was it. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was, was it. it? Was it scary to talk about? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's two, two parts that I probably should have been more scared about because of what people have talked to me afterwards. Like, I can't oh, believe you said that. I was like, oh yeah, well, I was on sabbatical. I didn't really care. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it could be partly triggering. I didn't want to trigger anybody. That's always a danger. It's someone who's been abused. Mm-hmm. So there's a little piece there. Just, I want to wade carefully. Um, there's a, there's a little piece of just, you know, people read the Bible differently and they might have not ever thought of David like that. And several people did tell me that. They've never heard someone from the pulpit call it sexual abuse. So, yeah, I was a little concerned about that. And then a little later, and we can get into this a little bit more, but, yeah, I talked a little more about um, societal and corporate injustices and mm-hmm. sin, and that mm-hmm. can be a little uncomfortable, too, because you don't know how people... Uh, uh, where their stance is on like, how do we deal with societal sin and confession? And so, um, yeah. And then there's a, a moment where I said, holy shift. And I was yes. uh, <laughs> a little concerned about the parrots, but hey, they all, they <laughs> all laughed. Uh, so yeah. Yes. And you, you tied everything through this lens of cringeworthy or like mm-hmm. when you take a step back and examine someone's life. Um, and what you said about that was, it's kind of interesting because cringeworthy is, is like failing and failures and mm-hmm. how you respond to failures determines your life's path. Yes. And I thought that concept was really cool and interesting. Mm. And did you hear that from somewhere before? Was this something that you, as you were studying, it came to you or how do you arrive at that idea? Yeah. 
Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I was just studying it because it was, to me, that was the mind-blowing part of the story for me when I was right. studying it, was the Nathan and David situation. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, whew, I don't want to get into this too much, but I think we all have seen, not just in the past four years, but in human history, what powerful people can do yeah. and how defensiveness and anger they can uh, just deny anything. And I say they, I'm, I am a, as a white male, <laughs> middle-class person. Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of privilege and power too. And I do the same thing. Um, so just, it, again, we know that story pretty well. A lot of us that grew up in the church. So I hadn't thought about it. Like mm -hmm. David didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Nathan was super brave. I didn't even get to talk about that in the sermon. This guy took a risk. He was like, I'm going to go call out the most powerful person in my entire nation. Yeah. Who could? Who just had someone killed? <laughs> mm -hmm. And he could have done the same thing to Nathan. We never would have known about it. Yeah. it. Wouldn't have been in the Bible. It would have just been, you know, who knows? What we, so that just blew my mind. It's like, okay, horrible thing he did, and we need to call that out. But we also need to acknowledge that does not happen very often in real life, where someone with power and who's done a horrible thing gets called out, and they say, "Oh man." You're right. right. I did do this yeah. and I repent. That just, yeah. So this learning for the first time was like, oh, that. And so I thought of it in the human being lens. I was like, oh, that is all of us. Mm -hmm. We're going to mess up. And that stinks. Mm -hmm. uh, we all will in the future. We all have. So it's, it's not something we can stop completely. And sometimes in the church, we want to pretend like we can never sin again or never fail. It's like, mm, unfortunately, no. But that means how we respond to that is going to, that's going to be our life uh, because we can keep responding in some ways that will just take us down a path of like, they're just going to compound and get worse or we can respond in a way, hopefully that'll keep slowly t uh, transforming us into more Christ-likeness. Yeah. Yeah. I think one path, like you could have even taken that with is community, you know, like mm -hmm. when you have someone or someone's in your life who can call that out in totally, you is totally. like so it's so hard but it's so good at the same time and so i mean i even think of like your wife as someone like that in my mm -hmm. life that you know if if she was doing something or i was doing something that yep. you know you know we shouldn't be doing um to have some people in your life who can really call that out and you love and respect them enough that you're hopefully going to respond like David did and just like, oh my gosh, you're totally right. I didn't even think of it that way. Yes. is so, mm -hmm. it's just such a great thing to have in your life. And yes. Um, yeah. Love it. Yeah. That was one of my original like ending points and takeaways was mm -hmm. just like finding at least one confiding friend that you can have in your life. I totally agree. Um, I ended up scrapping that part, yeah. but no, I think that's so important because Sometimes I think it can happen through prayer and it can happen in reflection. Um, you know, I, I even mentioned meditating on the Psalm and asking God to reveal that stuff. But yeah, I think you're right. A lot of times it takes someone from the outside perspective, mm -hmm. like Nathan, to mm -hmm. tell us. It's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else that you uh, had in there that you were just like, ah, I don't have enough time. I got to scrap this. Yes. Uh, y yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to go through a list of my sins yeah. <laughs> one by one and just confess <laughs> just them. itemized well yeah. you should have done is had like keith riley or something come on stage uh, and call out your sins to you uh, and see how you would respond to them <laughs> let's play this out in uh real life uh no um 
Yes, I think I would have loved to dive into more of the societal piece. The so, you know, we talked about. I talked about um, uh, just visiting at this uh, place where these folks are doing work with the indigenous mm-hmm. populations, and just some of the conviction I felt. Mm. And we live in such an individualistic society, Western world. We think of sin as only we think of what we did. Mm-hmm. We don't think of sin as a corporate or a communal mm-hmm. type sin. And in the Western world, an ancient world, or sorry, Eastern world, ancient world, biblical world, a lot of times you thought about sin as a community. And we're just not used to that. And so I sort of hinted on it. I definitely didn't want to skip past that because I wanted to just put it in people's heads of like, what are the injustices that have been done that we sort of need to corporately confess to? And that's sort of a something that happened to me on my sabbatical is just having this realization of what's happening to indigenous folks currently even. Mm -hmm. Um, And how, yes, I didn't do that personally, but I'm complicit in that Mm -hmm. a lot. And I, it's like sins of omission where I'm not doing anything to raise awareness or I'm not. So yeah, I I think that could have been a sermon in itself for sure. And I, um, yeah. So I had several comments about that. Thankfully, for the most part, so far, pretty positive of just like, yeah, thanks for saying that. We don't think about, as a church, confessing corporately for mm-hmm. things we've we've done wrong. That has my mind thinking about like, like why? Why do, mm. what, what is it about, you know, Western culture, indiv- our, our individualized American culture that is so on the side of me? Mm. When I've had experiences, like when I was living in Japan, it was almost the complete opposite. Like wow. it's almost everyone's like role and responsibility to do things for the society and think only about the society and not about themselves. Yeah. And so my mind's just trying to like find a balance there. And I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm struggling to, yeah. and like, totally, man. you know, what's the appropriate right. response. So yep. when I think you said about, ba- well, you did say balance. And I think that's the right thing because I think there's a beauty in response, personal responsibility. And that's mm. what's embedded in the American spirit. And there's good in that where it's mm. like, we do it all, or not all of us, but most of them taught this reality. Like you have to own up to your own mistakes, but also you're accountable for your life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's some real good in that, but I think, yeah, we've sort of lost just how interconnected we are. And yeah. I, I, I speak for myself. I forget that the things I purchase or the way I live my life mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. impacts people across the world. Mm-hmm. It's a, like we're a, a human family. So yeah, I mean, I feel like we could have gone into that way more because human beings, we're human beings, but like a global family right. of brothers and sisters. So. Yeah, I think you're right though. That's like a whole separate <clears throat> Yeah, it's just a lot. That's a lot, yeah. I mean, even, you know, going through you know, a lot of um, diversity, equity, mm-hmm. inclusion stuff lately is, you know, find out if your ancestors were, you know, slave owners and totally. how do you like lament that and how do you mm-hmm. take a collective like mm. um, repentance for things that you didn't do? It's so difficult and it's yes. such a weird I mean, it's interesting because like you're saying, Mark, it's like it's difficult for us. But in Japan, it seems like I mean, I don't I assume it's easier because that's just how you were raised, I guess, but it's, it's just, I feel like it's such a selfish thing for us to always be thinking, what did I do mm-hmm. and what did I do wrong yes. instead of like, how has things that 
happened in the past shaped the way the culture is, which there in turn shaped the way I am, which there in turn shaped the way I look at people and treat people. And mm. it's big. Yes. Yeah. It's so big. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I, thanks for saying that. I think it, it's, it, that's, it comes back to the path thing for me because mm-hmm. it does come back to like, being more Christ-like, a big piece of that is the ability to lay down our pride and say, I have the audacity to believe for the rest of my life there are things that I don't know that I'm doing that are not good. Mm-hmm. And that's the the path of humility. That's a path to surrender to and openness of just like, guess what? Maybe I don't know everything. Maybe my perspectives, my theology, all mm. of the biases I hold, um, I'm going to need Christ to sort of strip those away from me for the rest of my life. Yeah. That takes some humility and like courage and the ability to just keep saying, God, I know there's more. Yeah. I know there's more. There's more. And not even that. I mean, just like you were saying, reading the Bible as an adult, you see things so differently. Yeah. Because I just recently, I was listening to a podcast and they do a lot of like, they go through the Bible, but then they make it more like fun, and you know, because sometimes Bible can be a little not fun. But <laughs> they did a whole never they did a whole season on David, and they talked about that where it wasn't just an affair, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just this consensual thing. It mm-hmm. was it was abuse of power and abuse, you know, sexual abuse and all that stuff. Mm. And so it is interesting that as an adult we like read it that way. And so I think part of what you're talking about with just like letting God like strip away all of these biases and stuff is also like taking off the maybe like kid glasses, if you will, Mm. of things Mm -hmm. we were taught as a kid Mm -hmm. that is like, well, they didn't really teach it that way for a reason. I mean, when you're five to teach it that way is very difficult, but I don't know. I think it's partly what you're saying is also just, you know, looking at the Bible through the lens of here and now and as an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yes, it's yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. hard, mm-hmm. but it's good. I mean, to read that and then see how it ends definitely makes it like, right? You know, even thinking last week, Brett talked about the three Ps and posture was one of mm-hmm. them. And so even think about David's posture totally. in mm-hmm. hearing hearing Nathan call him out, and instead of flipping out or like disagreeing or lying or whatever, he accepts it and repents. And yep. you know, that's a total like posture thing. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think what you just said, you know, we joked about it ending on a low point, but it's actually a high point. And yeah. I think that's that's why I wanted to put in the one of my favorite stories. I think we've talked about it on this podcast. Uh, but the religious person versus the tax collector, mm-hmm. I think is the perfect contrast of of what Jesus is looking for. Because it can feel so hard and just like almost depressing a little bit. But then you're like, oh, wait, but Jesus actually is not looking for us to be rid of all of our failures because that's impossible for us. But he is, he's just looking for a contriteness and ability to, be, you know, and I love that story because it's like Jesus actually says that's the guy yeah. that's mm-hmm. forgiven. Just the one who is aware of their, their brokenness and their need right. for God. It's like, that that's a good news you know it's good news in the midst of like a lot of pain points it's yeah. like um unfortunately that's going to keep happening but we can keep returning to mercy and grace mm-hmm. yeah and you you shared a story about a um a hymn that we all know mm. at the end mm-hmm. and the history behind that hymn 
And so if you could explain that a little bit yeah. more for those that missed it, I thought that was a great way to kind of tie all the pieces together. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. And I, a lot of people know a lot of this story because the movie came out years ago, but yeah, John Newton wrote Amazing Grace. And I think the piece that gets missed in his story of writing that is um, he was a slave trader, human trafficker, you know, owned these boats that would just do, do unspeakable things to people. And he wrote Amazing Grace before he was actually done being a slave trader, or at least involved in it. And that's the part I think is missed because we hear the Amazing Grace and a lot of people know that story and like, oh, he stopped and then he wrote Amazing Grace and it was actually the opposite. He wrote Amazing Grace because he came to know Jesus, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't till he kept going on this path that eventually the full awareness of what he had been involved in came to him. And so I think I, that's a great picture because it's both personal, like we talked about, and there's the corporate piece of yeah. like, it helps us just think about the tragedies that we are sometimes involved in. Mm -hmm. um, but also, again, like it's the cringeworthy thing with David and cringeworthy thing with John Newton. He came around to repentance and that doesn't excuse the atrocities right, that he right. committed and justify it by any means, but it does show just this uh, irrational, crazy grace that can happen if we acknowledge and are open to what we've done. So if you acknowledge your sin and then you write a song about it, mm, then mm -hmm. you're clear? Yes. Right? Well, as long as the song is a hit legendary yeah. hymn that people sing that all over the world. Everybody knows, yeah. even if you're not a believer. Yeah, Jesus cares a lot about okay. stats. No and, pressure, and everybody. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great. I will start writing mine now. Um, Psalm 51. Yeah. You, you, you challenged us all to meditate on Psalm 51 throughout this week. Yeah. Uh, why Psalm 51? Yeah, so... That is the psalm, uh, apparently, the best of our knowledge, he, David wrote after his mm. confrontation with Nathan. And so it is, you get to see, in theory, what he would, the emotions he would have been mm. feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty beautiful because he's just pretty blunt about it. Um, and you can feel, I think, especially if you, meditate on it you can feel just how broken he is over it and uh there's the word restore i think is just so powerful is just this desire for restoration of relationships so yeah so i felt like that was just the perfect way to end uh this series just tied into like you know from the very beginning we talked about the psalms being a way to remind us that uh we can we're, uh, we embrace our humanness in God's presence and imagining David as a normal person writing psalms, mm -hmm. worshiping God in his normal life. Mm -hmm. And now we see, what, how does he respond to failures? Well, he embraces his humanness in God's presence. Nice. That's great, man. You're great, man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, we love having you here. Oh, oh you have some. Oh, yeah, I said, you, I meant the collective yeah. man, mankind. <laughs> So, You're great, mankind, mm, including Jessica. Mm, thanks so much. Mm, mm. <laughs> uh, is Petty there, pastor right here. Yeah, everybody. I know. Is there anything <laughs> that you want to 
say or invite people to do or maybe shout out your ministry and things that are coming up? Ooh, shout out my ministry. Yep. Um, man, I, I'm just excited for uh, this fall and this, what we're going through as a church. I do think this series was very relevant for where we're at. We, we don't have a senior pastor right now, if you're not aware of that, um, and you're not a part of our church. Obviously, most people listening are aware of that. So I just think it's sort of beautiful to think about, uh, we talked about the priesthood of all believers. We talked about David being a shepherd boy and the reality that sometimes church can be all about a senior leader. Mm. And we've been in a long season now without one and we are still going into Mm -hmm. one. And it's like, we can get frustrated with that. Uh, As congregants, maybe you can just want to start, you know, you're, you're, you're hoping for the next season, but I'd say, let's just all embrace this season of reminder that God is our uh, leader. He's our King. He's our senior pastor. (laughs) That felt felt really cheesy there. Let's go back. Uh, He's our King. He's our God. Uh, But yeah, truly like there's not a senior pastor that's going to come in and save the day Mm. or be super woman or Superman. Uh, God is who we follow. So yeah, I'm sort of excited to see how God uses us in this church. I hear there's a worship night coming up for oh, yeah. young adults. There is, yes. August 21st, 7 p.m. <laughs> uh, in, in the Fellowship Hall. That's right. Yeah. Our Young Adult Ministry Sank, we're hosting a worship night. I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to record it as well. Even if you're not a young adult, Mark Mornishi. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you're an Everybody's invited. Uh, it'll be a great time. I'm super excited. Yeah, our, if you've been watching online at all in the last two years, you've <laughs> seen our worship team kind of come together. And so this is what they're doing. They're coming mm-hmm. together to help mm-hmm. lead Sank. And so it is at Sank, but it's going to be our like full worship team, which is really yeah. cool. And Super it'll be cool. recorded for our online ministry. And so check those out on YouTube. And if you're local, come. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It's August 21st. Fun. Yeah. If you're within three hours, you should make the drive. Yeah. Okay. Right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How about just three hours of travel time in general? So, like, if you Ooh. live within 15 minutes of an airport, you could fly in for the hour. Totally could. you got 45 yeah. minutes to get here. Right. Yep. Right. Our Challenge podcast accepted. will reimburse you for every expense. <laughs> Isn't that right, podcast team? Absolutely. You can uh, Venmo request at... <laughs> Adam. <laughs> I knew you are going to do that. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, it was thanks. super fun. Thanks for being here, Adam. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Brand new series. Mm-hmm. Scott Pombush is leading us off. Get in the game. Get in the game. You can get in the game by going to this worship night and getting connected. There's going to be lots of opportunities for you to start volunteering. We've got also, we got fall labs. We've got starting point to get connected. We've got our fall retreat. Make sure you are following us on Instagram, YouTube, go to the website, download the app. There's so many ways. You have no excuses anymore. Get in the game. Get in the game. Yeah. And read Adam's blog. And read Adam's blog. Get in the blog. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays. And this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. 
This was Menlo Midweek.